Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we can be glad. We can rejoice. We can sing your praises today because we choose to do that today. And Lord, we choose to let your joy come to us and overflow in us and spill out through us today. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your life. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. Yes, sir. And we want to bless you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
God is good. Yes, hallelujah.
Amen. Make this your prayer this morning. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious.
Hallelujah. If you haven't figured it out, you're in a house that's hungry for God. Hallelujah. Falling. Ooh, yeah. I'm falling. I'm falling. 
that right that's the only way you're going to be satisfied in this life amen yes. it's in Jesus Christ without him it's just a bunch of gobbledygook you know what gobbledygook is well that's what it is so uh, there you go so uh, how many of you have flown on an airplane how many of you check baggage all right well, that's what we're going to do this morning we're going to check our baggage all right so Everybody, you know, you got stuff that happens to you during the week. When you come in, I want you just to make your mind up that you're just checking all that baggage down. You're just going to set it before the Lord. And you're not going to worry about this afternoon. You're not going to worry about tomorrow. You're not going to worry about next week. I don't care how desperate the situation might be. Just set it down and spend this next hour and a half or so worshiping the Lord, hearing from God. And I promise you, that baggage won't be quite the same when you leave here. You may not even have it anymore, but if you got it, it's going to be a lot easier to tote, and you're not going to be worrying about it. Psalms 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Let all those who rejoice put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. So Lord, this morning we choose to set all 
our stuff aside, all that baggage, all of our problems, our issues, our struggles, our fears, our anxieties, our worries, whatever it is, we just set it down. We lay it before you, Lord. I, I want to focus on you this morning. I want to look at you. I want to lift up my eyes to you. When I do that, I know you will favor, you'll give me your favor and your blessing. You'll pour your presence out on us, and we'll be changed in your presence, Lord. This morning, that is our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. Fill this place yes. with the glory of the Lord. Speak to each one of us. Stir us and refresh us. Breathe life into us as we lift up our voices and call on you, Lord. Hear. Move and change. Heal and deliver us. Have your way this morning, Lord. Our eyes are on you. We choose to focus on you. And we'll worry about tomorrow or tomorrow, but today... We choose to worship yes, you. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you hear our prayers. Let's worship the Lord now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Terry, will you read that last verse again? But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, you will surround him as with a shield. Hallelujah. Just say to the Lord, I receive your favor this morning. Yes, Lord, I receive your favor. Lord, I receive your favor. Your outpouring. Your great love. Love is the highest form of favor, friends. <laughs> Lord, we receive your favor. And we thank you that you cover us with a shield yes, thank you, Jesus. your shield we're under your wings and we're safe hallelujah glory to God Yeah. 
Yes. Hallelujah.
the foot of the cross where grace and suffering you have shown me your love through the judgment you receive and you've won my my heart now I can trade these ashes into beauty and wear forgiveness like a crown thank you Jesus come to kiss the feet of mercy I lay every burden down at the At the foot of the cross Where I am made complete Thank you, Jesus You have given me life Through the death you bore for me Yes, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And you've won my heart And you've won my heart And where forgiveness like a crown. Thank you, Jesus. Come in to kiss the feet of mercy. I lay every burden down. Trade these ashes. Trade these ashes into beauty. And where forgiveness like a crown. I lay every burden down. I lay every burden down. At the foot of the cross. At the foot of the cross. At the foot of the Yeah. 
can't live my life without you. Going with it's for you. You've awakened me to know. song arm in arm never going to let us go the other day I I watched a movie and uh, somebody was hanging from a cable and the person was holding them by the hand and they were crying don't let me go don't let me go and they were I'm not going to let you go I'm not going to let you go but they let them go because they couldn't hold them God will not ever let us go. And he doesn't ever get tired. His arms don't get weak. His hand, he doesn't lose his grip. He has a grip on us. And he's not going to let us go. If you choose to walk away from his grip, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But God is not going to fail. He never fails. So, Lord, I thank you this morning that we can come to you and we can lay everything before you. And we know that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You don't reject us. You don't push us away and tell us you're too busy. You don't have time for us. You don't tell us you're, you're too broken. You're too messed up. You're not worth it. You don't tell us any of those things, but you tell us you love us. And you receive us as your children. We come to you. We offer ourselves to you. You never reject us. You reach out and you take us arm in arm. You pull us into you and you embrace us and you let us experience your great love. You let us know that we are accepted in the beloved. You let us know that there's not anything we can do that's going to cause you to not love us. I thank you for that promise, Lord that your love is unconditional. It is perfect. It never ends. It never fails. It never falls short. It's always there. 
just like you are, Lord. When we don't see you, we know you're there. When we don't feel you, we know you're there. When we don't hear you, we know you're there. I thank you, Lord, that you never fail. And your love is so awesome that it just it comes and it, it wins our heart, Lord. I thank you that you won my heart. You never, let, you never let me alone until you won my heart. Let your great grace, Lord, be poured out on us this morning. Win our hearts all over again today, Lord, that we would just want to know you like, like when we first came to know you, that our, our first love would return, Lord, and we'd be so caught up in you that we couldn't think about anything with our life in you, Lord, that you are our redeemer, you're our savior, our deliverer. You're, you're the one that loves us and heals us and changes us. You're the one that fulfills us and satisfies our longings. You're the one that puts our feet up on the, the rocks so we're not walking in the mud and the muck all the time. I thank you, Lord, that you are here to do that this morning. I just want to encourage you to just let God speak to you. He wants to speak to each one of us today. Right now, He's wanting to tell you how much He loves you. He wants to tell you how much He cares for you. He wants you to know He sees the battles that you face. He sees your victories and your failures. And He still loves you just like He's always loved you. He sees you as the person that He has created you to be. He wants you to know that, that the devil would lie to you and tell you that you're unworthy, you're a failure, you're a flop, you're always going to be this way. But God is saying, no, I have saved you, I have redeemed you, I am delivering you, and I am renewing and restoring you daily. And you are going to be what I've created you to be. If you'll just walk with me, let me do the things in you that I want to do. The Lord will do that. Let that begin this morning. If that's, if that's your heart, your desire to know the Lord more than ever before, to walk with Him, then pray that right now. Lord, I give myself to you fully. Today is the day of a new beginning of my journey. I'm going to I'm going to give myself to you new and fresh today, Lord. I lay everything down, all of my past, all of my failures, all of my problems. And today is a new day. I say, today, I choose to follow you. Today, I choose to give my yes to you. Today, I will serve you. And Lord, tomorrow is a new day. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be excited about you tomorrow. And I'm going to experience that great grace and mercy that's fresh and new every morning. And I'm going to walk with you tomorrow too. And I'm going to walk with you the day after that. And I'm going to walk with you the day after that. And next week and next month and next year, I'm going to be walking with you. And as I walk with you, Lord, you're going to change me. Change me, transform me from glory to glory. You're going to make me new in every way, Lord. I am a new creation, but you're making me new. You are renewing my soul. You are restoring my soul. You're renewing my mind. You're causing me to think like you, speak like you, touch people like you do, Lord, to see people the way you do. And I thank you, Lord, that you are moving today. Today is the day. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers.
I thank you that you're here this morning, Lord. All of your abounding goodness, Lord, you are here pouring out your glory on us today. We receive everything you're offering today, Lord. I don't want to leave here without receiving everything that you have for me today. I want your very best. I'm not willing to accept anything less than everything that you have for me. Well, here I am, Lord, today. Here I am. Speak to me. Fill me. Refresh me. Change me, Lord, in your presence. Take away my pain, Lord. Take away my sickness. Take away my sorrow and fill me with joy. Fill me with health and wholeness. Change me today in your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we lift up Brother Al. Uh, ask that you touch his back. Take his pain, Lord. Heal him. I don't know what you do about a fracture, but you do, Lord. I just pray that you heal that thing completely and it'd be gone. That pain would just be gone now. Restore him completely and raise him up so that he can do all the things that he wants to do and needs to do, Lord. Heal him and restore him now in Jesus' name. Bring peace to that whole family, Lord. Lord, continue to heal Eddie's leg and restore him. Bless them. Pour your spirit on Lord, and, and all the others in our body who are sick and have physical needs and financial needs. Lord, pour your blessings and favor out on us. Surround us as like a shield, Lord. And I thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated, and uh, thank you, guys. Wow. You know, when you worship the Lord a while, you feel like you can preach. So we'll give it a whirl here in a minute and see what happens. I'm excited about what God's doing. Man, you know, there's, there's so many good things that God is doing. And you just got to be blind if you're not seeing it. If you're, if you're not aware that God is moving all the time in our behalf, you need to get your eyes open. And you just start looking around because God is moving. There are good things happening. And there are even more good things on the way. So don't be discouraged. All the chaotic things in the world, it kind of tends to wear you down. Don't get, don't get caught up in all that. Get caught up in what God's doing. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about the goodness of God. Because that will carry you through all the hard times, all the struggles. The goodness of God will carry you through. If you focus on that, the problems don't seem nearly so big anymore. Amen. <clears throat> so, you know, <clears throat> I really have been enjoying this uh, time we're spending in Colossians because it's, uh, I'm learning a lot because there's uh, so much in Colossians. And of course, the Word of God is always full of uh, new truth when you read it with an open mind. The Lord speaks to you and reveals things to you, but uh, this has been really good for me. I hope, hope you guys are learning too. And this morning we're in Colossians 2, verses 5 through 8. And I want to read it to you, and we're going to talk about verse 5 briefly because we talked about it last week, but I'm uh, going to refresh your memory just a little bit about a couple of things. So I want to, before we read the word this morning, I want to pray. So, Lord, thank you for. Your word, thank you that it is alive and powerful. And your, your word will change us. It'll reach right into our hearts and speak to us. 
Reveal the very thoughts and intents of our heart, Lord. So let your word speak to us today and change us. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Verse 5, For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. <clears throat> so, Last week, we, we finished up with verse 5, and I uh, just want to refresh you a little bit on that. Your good order is your character. It's the proper arrangement. It's the things that are supposed to be happening in your life. If you are a believer, you should have some order to your life that, that follows the order of the kingdom. You shouldn't just be doing everything that the world does. You should be doing the things that are kingdom-oriented. The order in your life... The character of your personal life should be kingdom-oriented. And he says, I was rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith. That firmness, that uh, solid front. And I, I mentioned that we as the body of Christ ought to have a unified front that we ought to all be proclaiming the same truth. The truth that Jesus is Lord. The truth that... He was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he died for us. He was in the grave, and he rose again. And now he rules and reigns at the right hand of the Father, and he lives in us if we invite him to be our Lord. That's the truth. We ought to all be saying that. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. There is no other way, and other than the Word of God, there is no other truth that we need to be paying attention to. The world has their ideas and they say they're truth. Scientists have their ideas and they say it's truth. Doctors and all kinds of professional experts say they have truth. I'm not saying they're all wrong, but when it's contrary to God's word, we need to discern the difference between truth and deception and lies. And so our steadfastness, our firmness, it needs to be in our faith in Christ, not just in what we believe personally. Because that's a problem. If you have some personal philosophy or some personal theology, and it's what you believe, it's what I've always believed, and by golly, you're not going to change my mind because this is what I believe. Well, if that's based on the Word of God and it's based on your faith in Christ, fine. But if it's based on what mom and dad taught you or what Uncle Joe told you or what... Pastor Joe Don, you know, taught you or whatever. I mean, it may or may not be completely right. You need to have your firmness and your steadfastness based in your faith in Christ and the truth of the word. When you deviate from the truth, you're, you're just walking blind. And it doesn't matter if it's natural things or spiritual things. When we as a nation deviate from our constitution, our laws, the truth and the uprightness that we are supposed to be as a nation, when we deviate from that, that we're, just, we're lost. We're, we're going down unknown paths 
getting off the path. We're going into things that are going to cause us problems. When we stay in line with the laws of the land, we stay in line with the, the Constitution, we've got a guide that keeps us on the right path. The same way with believers. When we walk according to God's Word, it keeps our feet on the path. You get off the path, there's no light. There's muck and mud, and you get... How many of you got to walk in the mud in the last week or so? So if you have you know, outdoor activities, you know, you're going to get in the mud. So I have to put my you know, rubber boots on and tromp around, and you get up there and you get ready to take them off, and they got mud all over them, and you're trying to get them off without getting your hands in it. And, you know, it's just nasty. You don't want to be walking in the muck. As a believer, we need to stay out of the muck. You need to walk on the path where the light is, where you can see where you're going, where the path is solid. It's not slippery and sliding, and sliding around the mud and getting stuck. I've even, believe it or not, I've stepped off in such a mud hole that, you know, you take a step and you, oh, there's my boot down there in the mud, you know, and I'm standing there on one leg, you know, doing the, the crane technique, you know, like Karate Kid. Good to have balance. If you don't have balance, that's really bad when you step down in the mud with your sock. You know? That's just real life. But that's the way it is sort of in the spiritual world too because when you step off in a mud hole, it, it's going to cause you a little bit of grief. You can get cleaned up and you can get right and it can all work out just fine, but it's going to be a little bit of an issue. Just like if you lose a boot in the mud... Hopefully you can get the boot back out. I've heard of people that I just lost their boot completely. I've never had that happen. But I, I, have, I have stepped off in things that caused me some grief. You know, I did concrete work for a living, and sometimes we'd be pouring something really thick, and you're walking around the rebar, but when you start pouring the concrete, you can't see the rebar anymore. And so, you know, you're kind of going from square to square, and then all the way down to your, you know, and you get back up and you get concrete all on your pants and everything. You know, and it's, it just kind of ruins the rest of your day, <laughs> believe me. And, and that's what happens to us spiritually. I mean, if you, now, see, if, if I was at home, I, I could just go in there and change clothes, take a shower if I wanted to, whatever. I'd get cleaned right up. But when you're out at a job site, you know, you can't just run home and get cleaned up. So it's kind of the way it is spiritually. If you step off in the mud hole, I mean, you can, you can get cleaned up right there on the spot spiritually. Don't wait until you get home. Don't wait until that night or the next morning or something. Just go ahead and, and uh, get you some robes of righteousness back on you and get straightened out. Get it all in order right there on the spot because otherwise it's going to just ruin your whole day. It's going to hang on to you and it's going to be a problem. And that, that mud, whether it's black mud or concrete, it gets hard and crusty, and everywhere you go, it's, it's flaking off and falling. As you walk along, it's leaving a trail. You look back, and there's this trail. Everybody around you is noticing that you got crud on your leg. I don't want everybody knowing that I've got, I've got a problem. I stepped off in a mud hole. I want to be healed and whole. I want to make that go away, and I want to be right, and I want to be walking so that I'm not leaving a trail and affecting anybody else. Respond to the Lord quickly. Don't, uh, don't let stuff sit and drag and, and uh, don't put it off. Deal with it. If it means you've got to humble yourself and you've got to go ask someone to forgive you or apologize, don't put it off. Just do it. Just suck it up and do it. The quicker you do it, the happier you'll be.
All right. That was last week. Verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. That word have received, it is uh, the Greek word paralambano, and it means to formally receive authoritative teaching as from an approved source, to join to oneself, to receive something transmitted, to learn from someone. So it's like when you, when you receive it that way, it's like you are embracing it and, it and you're bringing it into you and it's like you're just hugging someone and you're embracing them and all that they stand for, all that they believe, you're embracing the whole thing. I'm taking it all. I'm embracing it. I'm receiving it. Not just the thing that I like, but I'm embracing the whole thing. That's really important to get that because we, we want to pick and choose sometimes. We have certain things that, well, you know, oh, not so much on that. Oh, yeah, God's going to bless me. Oh, man, I, I received that. You know, God's going to forgive my sins. Oh, yeah, I received that. God wants me to be a new creation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute now. Now you're stepping on my toes. You, you either embracing the whole thing or nothing. He is either going to be your Lord or he's, he's not going to be your Savior. That might seem kind of harsh, but I mean, it, that's the way it is. We receive him, all of him. He is the truth. He is the way and he is the life. You don't get to pick and choose which part of that you want to accept or reject. I mean, you may be doing that, but that's not the way God intends for you to live your life. And you're not going to be fulfilled and satisfied in Christ if you're picking and choosing the truths that you're going to honor and uphold. We have to just accept all of Christ and all the truth. And right now, there is a battle that's raging in the schools and the universities and in our nation. I mean, there are things that are being put out there that are, they are not true. They are not right. They're harmful. They're of the devil. And, and yet they're being put out there like it's just the gospel. And people, young people especially, they just, they have a hard, a hard choice because all their friends are believing the lies and they're trying to stand for the truth and they just get bombarded with it all the time. We need to pray for our youth that they would stand strong. So we need to embrace and learn from someone that someone is Jesus. And he is the Lord. That word Lord means ruler, master. He's the head. He's the owner. One who commands. He's our guardian and he's our secure possessor. I like that because not only does he possess you, but you're safe in his possession. And that's important to know because he's not just a Lord that dominates you and, and runs your life and controls everything about it. He wants to protect you and bless you and give you his favor so that your life is better. We need to see that God is good. He wants to, he wants to do everything in our lives for our good. He is a, when he possesses us, it is, it is not like the enemy that wants to possess you and control you. He wants to dominate you. He wants to bring you into bondage and control and force you to do things. 
addictive behaviors and all kinds of problems. That's what the enemy wants to do. God wants to set you free of all that. That's what he told the, the children of Israel. He said, I want, to, I want to set you free. I want to take you to a, a promised land where it flows with milk and honey and you'll have all the good things. You'll be, you'll be enjoying my favor and blessing. You'll be a blessing to everybody on the whole planet because I'm going to bless you. But, you know, they had to let him be Lord. They had to let him be in control. He said, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And if you'll just do what I ask you to do, your life is going to be fabulous. That's the same thing he's telling us today. If you'll just let me be God in your life, I'll show you how wonderful your life can be. But unfortunately, there's a competition going on all the time. The enemy is whispering in one ear and God's trying to get your attention. And, you know, there's a struggle going on. You know, the world is saying this and God is saying that. And, and we're hearing this and we're hearing that. And we have to choose all the time, all day long. So if we have received Christ Jesus the Lord, we need to walk that way. That means we need to behave that way. Behave in a specified manner. Walk at large as proof of an ability. So you think about that. It, in other words, if, you're, if your everyday life, your walk in this life, it proves that you're a believer. It proves that you have the ability to walk with God and know God and not be a sinner all the time. Yeah, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but you, don't have, you shouldn't be a sinner. I mean, technically, you're a saint. If you're a believer... You still sin sometimes, but you shouldn't be a sinner. You shouldn't be someone that just practices sin all the time. You shouldn't be bound with habits that are sin. You shouldn't have addictions that are, that are wrong and harmful to you. You shouldn't have uh, you know, problems with the way that you speak or the way that you think or the way that you talk. I mean, you should be free. And I'm not saying that we're all there yet, but we ought to be working towards that all the time. And every now and then, when you have a rough day and you slip up, just get your muddy boot up out of there and get you some fresh ones on and get your pants changed and get straightened out and go on. Don't just be a, a sinner. Be a saint. Be someone that follows God. And every day, if you have a problem, get it right. You don't have to put it off and wait. The Lord is not... All you got to do is look back at Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, did God just give up on them? Did he not ever want to talk to them again? No, he sought them out. That's what God still does. When we mess up, God wants us to come to him because he's saying, where are you? Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hiding out because I'm, he's just, he just wants to be in relationship with us. And he's always pursuing us. And so don't allow lies or deception from the enemy to trick you so that you don't Walk with the Lord in the way that he wants you to. He wants us to regulate our life or to conduct ourselves according to his plan and purpose. So the Bible, when it talks about walking, I mean, you know, sometimes it literally means walking, you know, taking steps. But in this sense, it refers to a, a way of living your life, the order in your life, the character in your life, the way that you, you choose the things you do and don't do, what you are invested in. Jesus said it in multiple different ways, but where your heart is is where your treasure is. That's where you invest yourself. If you love someone, you're going to do things with them and for them. You know, 
If you love your spouse, you're going to do that. If you love God, you're going to do that. God's going to have control of your finances. He's going to have control of your time. He's going to have control of your energy, your dreams, your desires. If you love someone, you invest yourself in them. If you say you love someone, but you never talk to them, you never hang out with them, you never do anything for them or with them, sorry, but I would question the amount of love that, you're, that you have for that person. That's just not the way it works. And so the Lord wants us to have that kind of a relationship with him. He wants us to walk with him, that our life would be based on him and the kingdom principles that we've come to know. And we find all that stuff out through the word. You read the word and you begin to see how, how God thinks. You see how God is. Now, this morning when I read that Psalm 5, I read the first two verses and I read the last, well, maybe I read the first three verses and the last two. Because in the middle, there was a section that I really didn't want to read to you because it was talking about, you know, God hating sinners and he's going to wipe out all the wicked. And <clears throat> that's, that's the old covenant. And that was there for our benefit. So we would see how harmful and how detrimental sin is in our lives. And we would see that God is really disgusted by sin. And he is opposed to people who live in sin. Now, as believers, he's not going to, you know, come crashing down on us every time we sin because we are covered by the blood of Christ. It's a, it's a, different, it's a different covenant. It's a different way of looking at it. But those old, old covenant verses like that, don't, don't be confused. They're there so that we will understand how God views sin and all of the old covenant from uh, Egypt all the way through, the people who opposed Israel, the people who fought and enslaved them and imprisoned them put them in bondage, took them captive, all those things. That was there so we would understand how the enemy works. Today, the enemy is doing those same things. We are God's people, but he's still trying to enslave us. He's still trying to trick us. He's still trying to make deals with us. He's still trying to get us off the path. He's trying to get us to, to lose our focus of worshiping God. and he get us off into you know, pursuing other things, and, and you can call it idolatry or or worshiping other things, anything that takes God's place in your life and you begin to put it ahead of God, you're, you're worshiping an idol in, in a, of a sort. And so it's the same all the way through the Scripture. Just in the New Covenant, Jesus said, you know, you heard in the old days, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I'm saying if they, if they do something bad to you, love them and forgive them. And if they, they try to take something from you, give them something extra. You know, it's... He is fulfilling the law because the law is all about the goodness of God and how we can relate to one another and be kind and good to one another and show love and serve one another. And so when we begin to understand how God's word reveals the truth to us, then we can live that. And when we begin to live that, you're going to find out that your life is a whole lot better because that old eye for the eye stuff, it gets pretty old walking around bitter and angry and mad and wanting to get back at someone all the time. It's so much better just to let it go. Just walk in forgiveness and love. Let it go. Someone does you wrong, just bless them. Let it go. It, it gets really weary having to go back and punish people all the time. I mean, I got a long list. I could be punishing people for the rest of my life if I wanted to. And the thing is, it's never enough. You can punish them, but that doesn't satisfy you. So you want to punish them some more. That doesn't satisfy you. So then you want to punish them some more. And what you're really doing is you're hurting yourself. You're punishing yourself. Because every time that you do something to them, something inside of you 
is dying just a little bit and the enemy is getting control and, and it's something that you're going to have to deal with eventually because it's going to grow and it's going to rot and it's going to inside you turn you into something that you don't want to be. That's the way the enemy works. He doesn't come to you and say, I'm going to turn you into a, you know, an addict or I'm going to turn you into a murderer or a bank robber. You know, it's like, oh, nobody will know the difference if you take that pencil or if you, you know, cheat a little bit on your taxes or you do this or that, you know, something small. You begin to give the enemy footholds, though, and he'll start asking for bigger, bigger feetsies, and eventually he'll have you in his control. So I don't want that. I want, to, I want to give God control in my life. And instead of fighting with the devil all the time, I just want to give everything over to the Lord. Let him, let him guide me and direct me. Let him give me the life that he wants me to have. <clears throat> Verse 7, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So rooted means to be established, conceived of as a, as if a plant or a being becoming fixed in the ground. It's, uh, so you think about that, you plant, a, you plant a plant in the ground, you dig a hole, put it in there, the roots are there. You know, at first the roots are there. I mean, you can walk back a few days later and you just pull it right back out of the ground if you want to because the roots hadn't really grown. They're just in that hole. But you let it grow for a couple of weeks and you go back and, you know, now it's, it's attached. It's rooted. It's, you can't just pull it out of the ground. I'm amazed those oak trees, you know, they have the little acorns. And when they start sprouting, I mean, sometimes I'll go out there and I'll see one on the ground. Right, it's just laying right there on the top of the ground. And there'll be a little, a little flower, I mean, a leaf coming up. And you can see the little white root going down. And you think, well, I'm just going to pull that thing up. And I mean, that, it, that root's probably this long, you know. There's just this much above the ground. But there's this big, huge, deep root down in there. We need to be rooted like that so that we don't, we don't get easily moved. The, the, uh, the things that we deal with every day do not affect us the same way. To be thoroughly grounded. If you're not thoroughly grounded, you're not rooted, then all the things that come at you in life, they tend to want to move you. You get those, uh, those winds, you know, 40, 50, 60 mile an hour winds. Something's not fastened down or weighted down, it'll blow. Uh, we live out in the country and, and we're kind of on a hill, get a good breeze. Sometimes it's like a real gale, you know, it's, I mean, whew. and if you have stuff that's not fastened down, you know, next morning I come out there and there's stuff scattered all around the yard, you know, buckets and different things that were, you know, they're up in, in, by the house or in the carport or whatever. And I mean, I've had... Uh, soccer goals blow over and neighbors had trampolines go over the fence and go into other people's yards and you know I mean the wind the wind will blow you so every day we have the winds of the world coming you know they're just constantly blowing if you're not rooted you're not grounded then you're subject to getting blown away it's just the way it works so when you're attached then you're not going to be so easily moved we need to be rooted and grounded and not, not in the ways of the world. We need to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. That's one of the other problems we have is that we've got all of our own personal belief systems. We've got all of our own 
uh, experience in life and we're thinking about all the things that we've done and well it's worked out pretty good up to now you know and so we want to go back to our experience and try to ground ourselves and root ourselves in our personal experience maybe what our family did or taught us you know you want to you want to succeed you know you got to work hard and and uh, pull yourself up by you and don't let anybody do you wrong and you know, I mean they give you all these wonderful pieces of advice and most of it's about half true it's there's, I mean, that is true, that if you want to succeed, you've got to work hard. But the truth is, if you're doing it in your own strength, you're not ever going to be satisfied or fulfilled. But if you're doing it in, in God's ability, and you're, just, you're working hard and doing your best, but you're trusting God in your heart to give you the, the success, then you'll be happy. But all those things that our parents taught us, um, some of them actually work against you, you know, don't let those people take advantage of you like that. Well, that sounds great. But then if that's the way you live your life, then when someone does you wrong, you're getting in the flesh instead of getting in the spirit and saying, Lord, bless them and forgive them. You know? those, are, those are the kind of choices that we have to make every day because we have a, a mind that is wonderfully and fearfully made and it stores all those things that we've learned, all those things we've been taught, all of our thoughts, all the experiences, and they're all there. And when something's happening, your mind is, boy, I mean, it's like, like when you've got a computer doing a search, you know, it's, it's cranking through all those files and it's looking for the right one. And then it brings up all these possibilities, you know. And you need to pick the one that God is telling you to pick, not all the ones that the world is throwing at you. Possibilities are kind of unlimited when, when the way the world looks at it. In the spiritual realm, the possibilities are much more select because God is going to give you the truth and he's going to tell you the things that you should do, the things that will agree with his word and the principles of the kingdom. Those are the ways that we need to respond to things, not according to the world. And he says being built up, that means to be constructed to become or become nearer to fullness or completion as of a moral strength or one's conscience. It's conceived of as being or becoming constructed further to strengthen, to build upon, to pile up. I like that. That sounds like the way I talk. Pile it up. Pile it on. God wants to build us up. He doesn't want us to be half completed. He wants us to be fully completed. In our family, we had, a, we had a saying when I was growing up. They would say, well, that guy's a half-baked idiot. And I don't know what a full-baked idiot is, but uh, a half-baked one sounded really bad, you know. It didn't make any sense, but, but God doesn't want us half-baked. He doesn't want us half-done. He wants us fully completed. He wants us to be mature. He wants us to be completed. And that takes effort on our part. And the balance between all that is that God's grace is the only way you're going to make it. And yet, you've got to be part of all this process. Because if you just expect God to do it, just zap you with it, that's not the way it works. God wants us to apply ourselves. He wants us to invest ourselves in the kingdom. He wants us to pray, read the word. He wants us to consciously think about our lives in the areas that we've got problems so that we can ask him to heal us and help us to change. We have to play a part in this. You can't fix yourself, 
But if you're not willing to accept that you've got a problem, then you're probably not going to be fixed. You have to be willing to invest yourself a little bit and submit yourself. If you let the enemy have his way, he will have his way. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So when you realize the enemy is having his way or trying to have his way, that's the response. You submit yourself to God. Say, Lord, here I am. I got this problem. This thing's going on. I need help. Here I am. And then you can turn around and you can say, no, you, you know, I, I reject you. I don't, I don't accept what you're saying anymore because you're a liar, devil. The Bible says he's a liar, from, has been all the way from the very beginning. You can reject that. But you have to, you have to do something. We have a part to play in all this. And it's only by God's grace that it works. But if you're not investing yourself, then you're not going to find the success and the satisfaction and the fullness that you're looking for. And Paul says, I want you to be established in the faith. And that means to be settled or become settled securely, unconditionally, in or on something, confirmed, strengthened, made good, secure, to be treated as valid. I like that. Think about that. Paul's saying, I want you to be treated as though you're valid. You're not a worthless sinner anymore. You're a saint saved by God's grace. You are valid. You're the real deal. Don't let the enemy lie to you anymore. Treat yourself as though you are special. I'm not saying get full of pride, but recognize that God considers you a treasure. That's what he says what he told Israel he said you're going to be a treasure to me like no other people on the earth God wants us to understand who we are in him he wants us he wants us to receive more inner strength and he wants us to have all all that he wants for us we don't need to be accepting less than his very best. God has a plan for us, and it's a good plan. We need, to, we need to embrace it, all of it, and let him do everything he wants to do in our lives, to be strengthened in your heart, to have inner strength so that, that when the storms and the problems and the stress and the pressures of life come along, you can, you can bend a little but not break. That's the way it's supposed to be. When you're rooted and you're grounded, you're attached you know, the winds come, you know, you blow around a little bit, but you don't get blown away. When I was younger, they had these little toys they were called weevils. You remember weevils? And they're heavy on the bottom, you know, and you hit them over and they fall over and they come back up. And uh, so they, there was a joke. Cows in the pasture and... Uh, Earthquake happens and all the cows are just staggering around and they're falling down and this bull is just standing out there. He didn't move at all. And after the earthquake was over, the cow said, what's the deal? We were all falling down and you were just standing. He said, well, we bulls wobble, but we don't fall down. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. <clears throat> Might ought to leave it there. <clears throat> so... Um, Paul said, I want you to be rooted, built up, and established in the faith. Now, that faith is, uh, that's just to be a believer. That is a way of living your life. It is a description of you in the faith. If you're in the faith, that means you have given yourself to Jesus, and you put your faith in him, and you are walking in that. It's not a, 
that's not just a one-time thing that you pray at an altar and then go your way and now you're just living your life. I mean, you are in the faith. You need to be walking in the faith. You need to be doing the things that someone in the faith would do. That's what Paul is talking about. All the things we've mentioned this morning, they're all referencing how we should be living our lives because we are believers. You have been taught. You've been instructed. <clears throat> you have become informed of instructions or directions for some task. It's an instilling of doctrine into you. It's to explain or expound a thing. So if you think about that, the Lord is saying, you know, I've, I've, not only have I saved you, but I've instructed you. I've shown you the truth. I've brought you, I've brought you near me so that you can experience me and you can see who I am and the truth of who I am and who you're supposed to be. God doesn't want us to be just walking around like we've got blinders on. I mean, he wants us to see. He wants us to see him, see who he is, know him. In the Psalms, it says that uh, Moses knew the ways of the Lord. And it says the people saw his acts. There's a difference between seeing the things that he does and knowing his ways. God wants us to, he wants us to know him, know his heart, know his ways, not just see the things that he does and say, oh yeah, I believe, I, you know, I can, see, I can see that the sun rises and sets every day, so I, I believe. God wants us to know his heart. He wants us to know his ways. That It's not just the sun rising and setting, but it's a way of proving God's faithfulness to us. It's beyond just seeing the glory of how it looks, but it's knowing that God never changes. Every day, it's the same. We can count on the sun to rise. We can count on it to set. It's going to happen over and over every day. That's who God is. He never changes. He never fails. He never ceases to be God. God wants us to see that. He wants us to know that. He wants us to know Him, know His ways. And He wants us to abound in our thanksgiving. He wants us to abound in, in our knowledge of who he is and be thankful for it. That means to be abundant or plentiful, to exist in large quantities, overflow, to exceed a fixed number of measure. In other words, if you got a, if you got a quart jar and you fill it up and it just starts overflowing, that's abounding. It's just running over because it's exceeded the full measure. I mean, there, it won't hold anymore. I want to be that way with the Lord and my knowledge of him. I want to be abounding. I want to be overflowing. I want to be a gusher. I want it to be coming in and just overflowing and pouring out everywhere I go. Instead of leaving a, a trail of crusty mud, I want to be leaving water just gushing out of me all day long everywhere I go where people see me and say, wow, what's wrong with that guy? I've got a river of life flowing out of me. <laughs> you know, that's the way it ought to be. Every day we ought to be walking around and God's glory ought to be on us and the life ought to be flowing out of us and people ought to see that there is something going on in our lives. And if you walk around and all you talk about is, oh, me and my problems and, oh, I'm so tired and I don't feel good and, you know, I got this and my, my life's a wreck and, you know, wow. People are going to be saying, I'm, I don't know if I want to sign up for that. Maybe this God thing is not all it's cracked up to be. We need to be walking around talking about how God is good and how he's blessing us. Be thankful. Thanksgiving is the act of expressing gratitude or showing appreciation to someone. Grateful language to God is an act of worship. 
I'm, I hope I, I exhibit thankfulness. I mean, I am appreciative. I'm appreciative of everything I have. Every day, I, you know, I thank the Lord for, for calling me. I thank Him for pursuing me until He won my heart. I thank Him for His grace because without His grace, I couldn't, I couldn't even accept Him. It's only by His grace. And, and I'm thankful that I have a, a family that loves me. I'm thankful I have a wife and children and grandchildren. I mean, all uh, friends. You know, I, I've got so many good things. My, I am appreciative. I'm thankful. I may not always say it as much as I should, but I, I certainly, in my heart, I am appreciative. I am thankful. And it's good to be thankful. It's good to express your, your thanks because it makes, it makes other people feel good and it makes you feel good. And we ought to do that. It ought to be just natural. If, if Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, could be thankful to his Father for all the things that were happening, we ought to be thankful too. I mean, Jesus could have just said, well, I deserve all this. I am the king of the universe. But he, but he acted in a humble way by being thankful and showing his gratitude. And we ought to take that same example. We ought to be thankful. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. The word beware means to discern, to see, to watch carefully, to be vigilant, be on the lookout, or be careful. You have to be aware because, I mean, there are people that are out to do harm to us all the time. People on the, on the news media, people on TV, people on the streets. Uh, I mean, there are things everywhere we go, on the Internet, in real life, there are things all day long that are out to do harm to us. And we have to be aware. We have to be aware of that. We have to be careful. Be careful what you feast your eyes on. Be careful what you take into your mind and what you take into your heart because if you allow those things into you, they're going to have an, Im an impact on you. So we ought to be aware of it. Be aware that, that no person or, or the devil can cheat us out of what God has told us or promised us. Now, the enemy wants to cheat you because he's a cheater. He's a liar. That's what he's always been. And he's really not, he's not really all that creative about it, but it, he's been pretty successful at it. The same thing that he's always done continues to work, and so I guess he just keeps doing it. But that cheat means to take control, to loot, to become able to completely manipulate a person. Conceived of as carrying someone away as plunder, to lead away captive, to seduce, or to enslave. So if I were to ask you, would you like to be cheated today? You'd say, no, thank you. No, I'm good. But yet, throughout the day, you may actually choose to be cheated. Because it's not so clear and obvious. You know, the devil doesn't come to you and say, can I cheat you? Can I offer you a little cheat today? How about, how about I just cheat you a little bit today? No, it doesn't work that way. He comes to you and he tricks you, he deceives you. And he comes to you through the ways of the world. That's what this verse says. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, 
empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. It's the basic principles of the world that you've got to worry about. It's the worldly, it's a worldly way of thinking. It's our cultural values and morals. It's all, all that we experience every day. That's what will get you. It's not, it's not the devil coming to you with the, you know, the horns and the pitchfork and the tail saying, I'm going to cheat you. It's, it's your friend. It's your family member. It's, it's someone on the TV. It's someone at the grocery store. It's someone uh, at, at your place of work or whatever that's saying, ah, oh, you know, that's a bunch of baloney. Don't believe that or whatever. You know, they just, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a doubter when it comes to a lot of the science nowadays. And I, I know that makes me, on some people's eyes, look like I'm stupid because I don't believe science. I believe science. I just don't believe their science because I think they have a personal agenda and their, their, their truth that the science is supposed to be proving is not really based in science. They've already figured out what they want and they use all the science to just try to come up with a way to prove what they believe. I mean, they have worked for years trying to prove that God doesn't exist. And they can't prove it. I mean, the more they learn, the more they got to admit that all this has got to have been created by a higher being. And yet... They don't want to believe that, so they twist all the, the facts and the truth to make it seem something totally different. And, and that's the way it is with all the worldly deals. They come to you and they say, oh, you know, you don't want that baby, you know, abortion's the way. That's just the way to do it because that's going to make your life happy and satisfied and fulfilled. And that's a lie. It's not going to make you happy and satisfied and fulfilled. It's going to make you miserable and you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. It's going to damage you. And... You're taking the life of that child. And yet that's the way of the world. And that's their truth. That's their science. And yet we know that science tells us the child is alive when they are conceived. They don't have to have a breath. When they have a heartbeat, I mean, that baby is alive. The ways of the world, they might seem right and good but they will lead you to death and destruction ultimately don't let someone cheat you to enslave you through their philosophy their philosophical system their belief system uh, you know it comes to you like it's accepted as authoritative you know, that's the way that's the way it is they come to you i'm a scientist so you know you got to believe me i'm a I'm a preacher, but, you know, that doesn't mean you have to believe me. I can be wrong. I'm a concrete guy, but I can be wrong about something in concrete. You know, people ask me all the time, this concrete's cracked. Why did it crack? Because it's concrete. That's what it does, you know. I don't, <laughs> that's what it does best, you know. My dad always told us, he said, if somebody tells you the concrete won't crack, he's either a fool or a liar because all concrete is subject to cracking. Well, that's just the way it is. Now, yeah, you can, you can look at it sometimes and you can tell some things that are going on. You can say, well, this is probably what caused it. But there's other times it's like, I don't have any idea. You know, it's cracked. And if we tear it out and pour it back, it may crack again. And, you know, that's not what people want to hear. But, but that's, the way, that's the way it is. There are people that claim to be experts and they may not necessarily be right. That's a shock. 
that ruins that ruins my whole day, you know, because I thought all these things I've been hearing on the news about COVID and everything else. You know, I just could swear that was all true. Huh. What do you think about that? So you have to be careful who you receive truth from. So the the philosophy of the world, that's human wisdom, it's love of wisdom, it's a zeal or a skill of any kind of art or science or branch of knowledge or theology. In other words, I mean, you're, you're excited about it and you believe it, and so you're purporting it to be the truth. I'm an authoritative person because I believe this, and you ought to believe me too, and you ought to agree with me. And if you don't, then why, you are just some kind of a bigot or a liar or a homophobe or some kind of horrible name because you don't believe what I believe. And that's just, that is not the way it's supposed to work. You present facts, and then people have to choose what they're going to believe. You can't just make people believe you. Well, I guess you can if you're a dictator or you're in a communist society. You can control the news and everything. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to control everything that you receive. All the news, all the, the input in your brain, he's trying to control and influence all that all the time. God's wanting to set us free, and he's wanting to put you in prison. Worship team, y'all better come on. I'll be going all afternoon if we don't stop somewhere. So empty deceit, that's, uh, it's devoid of significance. That's what empty means. It's foolish, stupid, and it's in vain. And deceit is causing someone to believe an untruth. It's by trick or fraud or delusion. So you think about that. You got something really stupid, really empty, and you trick them to believe it. That's like the old joke about, you know, the, uh, the, I got a, a bridge I want to sell you out in Arizona. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a stupid argument. But if you can trick someone into believing, then you got them. And that's the way the devil works. He, he bases all of, his, all of his temptations and problems on false advertising. He presents it like as if it's true and right and good and make you happy. It's all shiny and glittery. It's going to be good. But the truth is, it's going to ruin your life. It's going to make you miserable. But you can't see that until you've experienced it. And then, then you're hooked. Then you're, then you're into a situation that you need to be set free from. So, said it a, a bunch of different ways, but bottom line, we're going to end here. The Lord wants you to walk with Him, know Him, know the truth of His Word. Don't believe all that stuff that the devil and the world is pushing on you. If it's contrary to God's Word, just reject it. I'm not saying you have to reject all science and knowledge. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. You know, I'm thrilled that we have knowledge. I'm thrilled we got books filled with knowledge. But you do understand that if you go back and you get old encyclopedias and look something up and you look at a new encyclopedia, a lot of those things, they're not even, they're not even the same. You know, now we've learned so much more that some of the stuff we believed 20 or 30 years ago, it's like, well, we don't really believe that anymore. Now we've, we've been able to figure out that it's really this. So knowledge in increases, but it's not always 100% accurate. It's ever increasing, but really never coming to the knowledge of the truth. That's what the, that's what the world is offering. They're offering you a version of truth 
We need to be totally in to what God is saying. Let's stand and worship. Well, I was going to say I'm a scientist, so you can believe me. <laughs> believe me that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, that's our, that is our prayer. Lord, our eyes are on you. We look up for you are the only help that we need, the only help that can really help. Because all that the world has to offer is just empty promises, and it's vain, it's deceit, 
And I don't want to be enslaved anymore. I don't want to be led away captive anymore. I don't want to be cheated out of the goodness of God anymore. In my personal life, I choose to believe what you say, Lord. Your very best in my life is what I want all the time. I proclaim that over this people now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you for refreshing us today. Seal the word in our hearts, Lord, so that we go out of here with an enthusiasm for hearing from you, walking with you, and knowing you, and a determination to be rooted and grounded 
firmly established so that we won't be blown away, that we won't be cheated by the lies and deception of the world, but we would stand strong in the truth of your word. Let us be your witnesses, Lord. Let us rise up and be the body of Christ as you've called us to be in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Hallelujah. Go and be blessed. If you'd like prayer for anything, uh, someone will meet you here. If you uh, have any questions about anything we've talked about, I'm always available. Uh, come and we'll talk and pray together. God bless you. Have a great week.